Hey guys, get ready. Looking Up is about to start.
That's right. Faith looks up and you are listening to a live broadcast of the Looking Up program. Today is Wednesday, March 15th. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Newcastle and we are so excited that you are tuning in to join us for this program. I'm joined today in studio with, of course, Pastor Danny here who's going to uh, be leading our Bible study segment. So looking forward to it. And how are you today, Pastor Danny? I'm praising the Lord on this <laughs> delightfully delicious sunny Wednesday afternoon. That's right. We love hearing that every week. <laughs> and, of course, we have the wonderful Shell. She's back. Welcome Yay! back. She's keeping us audible and heard, and she's got some good song selections for us today. So we have an exciting program ahead. I just want to remind you, since this is a live broadcast today on Wednesday, the 15th of March, we would love to hear from you. If you have a comment, a question, a prayer request, 04888 is the number that you can reach us here in studio at and... I think you should actually keep that number handy because there will be a prize giveaway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We'll talk about it a little bit later on in our program. But when we give out the code word, that's the number you want to text the code word to to be a winner, to be to be in the running to win. So zero four triple eight one seven six two four. Pastor Danny, where are we going today? Well, today we're going to begin a journey. Last week we did a bit of introductions, and today we're going to begin a journey that I've entitled A World on the Brink. Ooh. Whoa. <laughs> very, very, how uplifting. How uplifting and encouraging. Aren't you glad you came and tuned in to the Always. Looking Up show? I know. Every, every, one of these, um, every one of these points that we're going to be looking at, we're going to be looking at 12 different points that I see converging that are telling us that Jesus is coming soon. So we're going to be Ooh, taking a look 12. at... Yeah, 12. It's a good number, isn't it? 12. It's a biblical number. It's a biblical number. So we're going to be looking at 12 and we're going to be taking a look at where we are, which we're all well aware of, where God would have us be and how we can move forward in the direction that God wants us to move. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really exciting. It's going to be fast moving and it's going to be, you know, like seatbelt stuff. You need to have your seatbelt on. Well, most of our listeners are probably have them on. So. And if you're driving, <laughs> if you're driving right now, you better have your seatbelts seat belt on. on. So that's wonderful. I guess, too, if you want to catch up on any of our past episodes, or look, there's so many good programs on this Faith uh, on Faith FM radio. So you can go to the Faith FM website, faithfm.com.au, and you can browse to your heart's content. We've got the Drive Time Show, Aussie Pastor, so many other great programs, the Faith Experiment, the Breakfast Show. Go there. Browse including Shell's program. Including Shell's program. Amen. So, um, yes, you, you want to keep just keep listening to this channel. I think we should listen to True North as they bring to us a song called He Talks to Me. And God does talk to us. So this is a wonderful truth in song. Enjoy. I sit along a riverbank, the water rolls on by. Multitude of color now paints the evening sky. A songbird sets her closing song adrift upon the air, and the melody surrounds my heart. I feel my Jesus there. He's come to talk to me in this quiet. Where all of life has slowed from its busy pace And things that might have passed me by 
touch my eye And I can hear my Jesus Come and talk to me There's a fragrance now upon the wind From the meadow just around the bend The dew begins to form upon the far side of the shore As evening turns into the night The stars begin to shine so bright And in my heart I know He's come to talk voice I've come to know I lift his name in song and praise and cling unto his word and when I leave this worship place it is his voice I've heard he's come to talk to me in this quiet place From its busy pace And things that might have passed me by So quietly now catch my eye And I can hear my Jesus Come and talk to me Oh Jesus with an open heart I listen quietly wants us to talk to him and he talks back to us. What a wonderful truth. It's called Amen. prayer. And it's the privilege of everyone, anyone can call on God in prayer. Beautiful truth and song. Well, we are here with us. You're here with us, rather, on the Looking Up program. And uh, we are up to that part in our program where we like to, I guess, see what's happening because they tell us why we should be really excited about looking up. And I guess when we talk about all the news headlines as we do every week, it could be a temptation for a listener to feel kind of stressed because there's not a lot of good news in this world. But I guess when we compare that with what Jesus said, you know, when you see these things begin to happen, look up because your redemption draws near. We see that really these things from a Christian perspective should give us a sense of expectancy. We are expecting a wonderful event to take place. We're expecting our Jesus to come. That's the great hope of the Bible, Amen. and that's why we want to look up. So what would you like to bring to the table well, for our listeners today? I'll all, let you go first. All these are, are signs, as you said, that Jesus is coming back soon, and that's why we call it the Looking Up Show because of the words of Jesus, as mm -hmm. you rightly pointed out in Luke twenty-one twenty-eight. You know, when you see all these things come to pass, look up because your redemption is drawing near. And so each week we are obviously one week closer to the second coming of Jesus, but I believe that uh, his coming is accelerating mm -hmm. um, so much more each and every day. And, you know, we, we seek to give, you know, examples of that here on our show. And this week 
there's a, a number of things that I just want to highlight. Firstly, here in our own backyard, as in in Australia, mm-hmm. you know, we've had floods. You know, we've had floods up and down the East Coast. We've had floods in, in Melbourne and Victoria. And now we've got floods up north, like right up, you know, Northern Territory and in the Gulf of Carpentaria, you know, and I was just taking a look at some news and, you know, they've, they've had so much rain up there. And, you know, flooding is normal in the wet season, you know, uh, controlled flooding. But usually the rain and the floods and, and, and those monsoonal rains come to an end by the end of February. And from about March, things begin to dry up. But not this year. Mm. The rains continued and continued. And March um, was, was a really, really wet month. And, and there is just so much uh, so much rain, there are floods, um, and, and it's just horrendous, and communities are being cut off. I read here um, in 48 hours um, to March 9, 533 millimetres of rain fell across, you know, the Nicholson, Gregory, Leichhardt, and River catchments. Wow. You know, so that's so that's up there in the Gulf of Carpentaria, and, and you know, and it's, and, it, and it's just horrible. And, um, you know, one... One river reached 18 metres high, surpassing the 1971 flood record of 10.8. Hmm. So nearly doubled yep. the previous record from 1971, which was at 10.8. So it's astronomical there. Like if you take a look at some of the photos, um, aeroplane views, it's like a lake. You know, and they, these are communities. You know, people live there, and obviously, many have had to evacuate. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's not just it's not just along the east coast. Um, but then and there's fires and so forth. And, yeah, it, it really does tell us that, that we're really living in a really challenging time. Been talking about storms, you know, there in a part of the world where I've been in Africa, in Malawi and Mozambique and Madagascar. You know, they had a cyclone come through, Cyclone Freddy. What a name, Cyclone Freddy. <laughs> sounds friendly. <laughs> and Cyclone Freddy came through and sadly, you know, dozens have been killed, you know. I don't know, they're still counting mm. not, not only the, the economic cost but obviously the 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 cost in lives lost and, and I guess they won't mm. know for some time but, you know, probably hundreds have died. Um, and this was a, a, a storm that came through a month ago, went back out to sea and came back again. They're like, we don't ever think this has ever happened before mm. to this extent. Wow. And so, you know, this is really interesting. So anyway. Bit of climate I, change to start us off. Well, yes, it's, it is interesting. And, um, and this is just fueling, you know, the whole climate change agenda, mm-hmm. which I believe is going to be front and centre in the final events of Bible prophecy. Yeah. You know, we're going to talk about that some more, you know, in the coming weeks. But we can just clearly see that, yeah, it's it's heading in that direction. There is more and more upheaval mm-hmm. in nature. Yes, and in the social world as well. <laughs> um, last week we talked about a story because I think it was International Women's Day last Wednesday and you brought an, a story from Perth about um, women, was it protesting or something? Yeah, that's topless? right. Yeah, topless. Yes. Yeah, they, they well, went into one of the... One of the halls there in Perth, on the hundreds Check of women. Check this out. This and, and out in the front steps of, of, of the office building. So? I mean, outside of the building. So it wasn't just inside, they were outside as well. Well, CNN posted a story and it says, Women in Berlin can now swim topless in public just like men can. Are you serious? That's in Berlin, yeah. So this is interesting. In Berlin as in, in Berlin, Germany. Yes. The capital. Yes. Swimming topless. Yes. 
Uh, there are a lot of topless so beaches. You're trying yeah. to be equal like men. Yeah. You see, this is the wonderful thing about the Bible. The Bible brings so much clarity to things that are very confusing in our world right now. And that the Bible teaches that God made us equal. But he made us different, and we should celebrate the differences. Praise we, the Lord, we're different. A man is infinitely better at being a man than than a woman is, and a woman is infinitely better at being a woman than a man is. Yeah. And so we should we should not try to be equal, like being exactly the same as they're trying to hear in this story. But you know, we're different. You know celebrate the difference. You know what's interesting? We, be different. We 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 harp on uh, regarding you know diversity, mm. and we want to celebrate diversity. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I, I believe in celebrating diversity, you know, that we're diverse as in, you know, different different cultures, different backgrounds. We've got different diverse tastes. Mm-hmm. So diversity is all good until we get to the point where some say no. Um, you know, we we want to be something other than what God has created us to be. That's true. And, and so we were, we're made not, in God's image. Exactly, exactly. So um, So it's interesting and... You know, we had International Women's Day last week, which yeah. we were reminded by Pastor Vadim, who was our special guest, <laughs> and he gave us a bit of insight on what's happening there in Russia, in the yes, Ukraine. Um, and it's it's interesting that you know there have been you know there there've been a, a number of rallies, um, especially in Sydney and Brisbane, mm-hmm. uh, women, you know, just wanting to stand up for their rights, and in particular, there there are more and more women now standing up for rights when it comes to you know their daughters being involved in sports and mm-hmm. wanting and wanting you know this to be a female only space, you know, not just in the sports and the change rooms and so on and so forth, and yet there's. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of debate as to whether that ought to continue to be the case, and so there were protesters that were there protesting at the International Women's um, Day, you know, speeches and gatherings. They were protesting there, you know, the women wanting to have, you know, just women only. Mm. They were protesting that. Mm. Can you believe it? If I would have said to you 20 years ago, even 10 years ago. That at a woman's day, you know, an international woman's day, there'd be those that would be protesting against these women wanting to be women and wanting to have places just for women. You would have said, Danny, you are off your tree. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but this is the world that we live in. And, and to go on that, Justin Trudeau, oh, yes. the Canadian, yes, Canadian Prime, Prime Minister, Minister yes. this, is, this is what he tweeted. This is what he tweeted on International Women's Day. And by the way, Shell's back from the US. Good to have you, Shell. <laughs> and, um, yeah, she said it was very cold and snowy. Oh, yeah. So she's come to defrost. <laughs> <laughs> and today, just in time. Just in time. Oh, is she going to add something oh, here, got, I think? She's going to say something. Yeah, we had 19 inches of snowfall while I was there. Wow. 19, is, is that normal, like in March? Wisconsin, so Wisconsin. That, it, yeah, winter tends to go long. <laughs> wow, like till about June almost. <laughs> wow. wow, welcome back, Shell. And this is what this is what Justin Trudeau t- tweeted on International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. He um, he tweeted, you know, when women and girls are empowered, entire families, communities, and societies succeed. So today, as we mark, you know, International Women's Day 2023, and celebrate the incredible. Women and girls in our lives, let's keep working to build a more equal and equitable future. That sounds good so far. Yeah, that, yep. that's all good. Nothing, nothing exciting or, or, or anything, you know, that we ought to raise our eyebrows over. But check this out. This was the next part of his, the next part of his, um, tweet. And with a 
disturbing rise in anti-transgender hate here in Canada and around the world recently, I want to be very clear about one more thing. So here it is. Trans women are women. Ooh. We will always stand up to take this hate. To, oh, sorry. We will always stand up yeah, to this hate whenever and wherever it occurs. So by the way, just in case you're wondering, trans women are women. Wow. The Prime Minister said it. That must be true. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and I saw, um, I haven't looked at this article properly, fully enough really to comment too much on it, but um, there's somebody in America on a talk show who knelt before a trans woman, a woman knelt before a trans woman and then she's being slammed all over tri- Twitter for it. Anyway. Interesting times. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, um, you know, when, when politicians are struggling and lawmakers are struggling to define what a woman is, yeah. that means we're at the end of the road. This is, again, um, why we need the Bible, why we need the absolutely. Lord. Absolutely. God made us. He did. God made women. Genesis God 1. made men. Genesis 1. God created us in his image. The Bible yeah. says he created man and woman in his image. In the image of God, he created them male and Mm -hmm. female. He created them. And when you think about it, you know, we've talked about this before on this program, the three angels' messages Mm. flying in the midst of heaven. And the first one says, this is from Revelation chapter 14. It's the final message for the world from heaven, from God. And the first one says, fear God, give glory to him. And we glorify God the best when we fulfill the purpose for which he made us. That's right. And so I think, you know, the devil's just trying to confuse us. He's trying to tell us our worth is not found in whose we are to God, but we're trying to find worth in all these other things. Mm. (sighs) And that's the second angel's message, Babylon, which is confusion. Yeah. Which is distorting the truth. Makes sense why God would send that message to this world at this time when all of these things are happening. Absolutely. And we're going to look at that a little more. So now I don't need to remind our listeners that we are... We are living in the midst of a cost of living crisis. You know, interest rates keep going up um, and people are really struggling. And I came across this uh, ABC headline, ABC News headline, which was really sad, speaking of children who are hiding their hunger to avoid burdening their parents as food insecurity rises in Australia. And they were, and they were sharing in this article that, that there are, you know, hundreds, thousands of children now who are struggling. Mm. Um, they're going to school without their lunches, which is just so sad, and they don't want to hang out with their friends um, at lunchtime, you know, during during oh, the period really when they sad. eat their lunch because they don't want, you know, their friends to sort of know that they don't have lunch to yep. bring. And so there's a, a growing push now for not only breakfast in schools, mm-hmm. you know, which which is sort of rolled out in many in many schools, breakfast at schools, but now lunch at schools Aww. to provide another meal for these kids. And um, this was, um, uh, here we go, this is one of the charities, and they were saying we're sitting at about 1.5 million servings of breakfast hmm. over the last 12 months to schools. Um, this is Food Bank, New South Wales ACT program manager, and he's saying that's going up all the time. It's gone up 50% on last year. Mm. And it just keeps increasing 50% on last year. That's, That's a huge an, increase. Huge increase on kids being served breakfast at schools. And um, so it's really, really tough. And just, just this other thing, it says um, households with children were more likely to suffer. An estimated 1.3 million children had lived in a household experiencing severe food insecurity in the previous 12 months. 1.3 mm. million children. This is this is not thousands, not even hundreds of thousands. 1.3 million 
and single parent households were especially vulnerable. So, you know, this is this is telling us that Jesus is going to come soon. He has to. He has to come. Jesus is not going to. And this is in Australia. Yeah. This is in Australia. Imagine what it's like in in the other parts world. in the third world where they're struggling even more. So it's just a convergence of of things that are coming. And if I could just say this, it's all good and well for us to sort of point out these statistics, which are very sad and very depressing. Um, but we need to do what we can to help one another. You know, and I just want to challenge parents out there. You know, talk to your children, ask them. You know how their friends are doing at school, and and you know without being without being nosy and without you know sort of uh, making it uncomfortable, maybe parents can can partner with other parents. You look know, out for each other. yeah, look out for each other, just on the quiet, and um, and just drop something off to them, and um, you know anything, you know, or, or just get some lunch, extra lunch in your kid's lunchbox to give to its friend. Yeah, and, that's um, a great idea. You know, so yeah, so so there are things that that we can do. Oh, look, we do have a listener. Oh, we do. <laughs> We've heard from one. And um, this is from David. Welcome, David. He's listening all the way in Perth. That's a long way from where we are. He just uh, is commenting on the swimwear we were talking about before. <laughs> he says, I will wear board shorts and those elasticated swimming shirt to prevent from being burnt. <laughs> Good on you, David. And he's commenting here. Um, about God making men and women, husband and wife, complementing each other as God designed us. Hallelujah. Amen. That's from David. Amen. Well, we're so glad that you're joining us, David, and to all our other listeners, please enjoy this song. Matthew Ward's going to bring to us the song To the King. And then don't go anywhere because we have the news and then we will keep going here. To the King who gave everything for me Whose body crucified high on Calvary's tree Whose redemptive blood makes way for me I now give everything To the King who came in the form of a child All-powerful God and yet so mild Whose obedience shows the way for me I humbly come to Thee To the King alone I will give my life To the King I will sing
Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Sorry, not the face. I just waved at someone. <laughs> this is looking up. But we just had Terry Johnson in the office I here. Know. Can you believe it? He completely it? distracted me. Now, uh, we're so glad that you're joining us still for this Looking Up program. It's a live broadcast. It's Wednesday, the 15th of March. 04888 is the number to reach us on. And during the break, we were talking here in studio, here in our team here, and Shell shared an amazing story. Oh, this is this is next level. She's just come back from America, so you only you have in to hear America. It from Shell. Only in America yes. this could happen. So Shell, far away. I'm like super disappointed that it actually happened in my hometown. In my high school where I went to school. I can't believe it. But there was a two students, two young male students walking down the hallway in the high school. And a girl was coming towards them, and she had cat ears on her um, head, and she had a cat tail. And she comes up to him, and she, you know, with with the claws out, and did like a, a aggressive cat noise right in their faces. And he responded with a woof woof woof, <laughs> and he got suspended for three days because she identified as a cat and. He was mocking yeah, her. He was, yeah, it was considered him mocking her, even though in well, the moment he, was, he could have been identifying as a, as a dog. But Isn't yeah, that just, amazing? Folk, we are not making this stuff up. This is a true story. This is not, this is not like... Dumbfounding, yeah. yeah. This, is, this is amazing. So he got suspended for three days for barking at the girl who... Meowed at him. Meowed at him. Well, yeah, but... I don't know. It's not a meow when you do the well, aggressive little. Well, whatever hissed, it was, hissed, whatever. Yeah, it true. Was. That's not even a meow. Wow, that is amazing. That is amazing. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. So this is where we are. So this happened in your little small town where you grew up in your high school. Well, that's amazing. Well, that's you know, how far it's gone. It's it's it's, it's just crazy. It's we're time. living we're living in crazy final. Oh, Final yeah. moments of human history time. So now let let's 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 put to the side um, Sharissa meowing and barking. Yeah. Let's talk about crying babies. How is your little bubs going? I'm glad you asked because I'm getting your... text messages from some of our listeners saying, "Tell <laughs> yeah, us about the baby." Well, exactly. <laughs> tell us about the baby. So tell us about little Judah. How's little Judah progressing? So little Judah is going well, and actually, we've got Margie listening, and she says she's just come back from Africa. Oh wow! She spent some time in Zimbabwe, but couldn't get Faith FM there. Uh, data is very expensive and great, and the electricity wasn't available. So she's back. She wants to hear all about the baby too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Judah is. Wow, he's 10 weeks today. I'm glad we had this conversation. I've got to go take a photo of him, put a little <laughs> to remind me, but he's 10 weeks. 10 weeks today. He's 10 weeks today. He's wow. sleeping well at night. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave his father a very hard time last Wednesday I know. when I was on radio. I know. Justin um, was like, he didn't know what to do with himself. He was just, yeah, he's just said, he was sending me texts, come quickly. <laughs> come home quickly. <laughs> So uh yes, but he's um he can hold his head up. Oh wow. Yeah, a little bit still. 
Anyway, he's very sweet. Oh, I can imagine. So you're saying he's sleeping well. So yeah. like how many hours does he get? Well, he goes to bed at like seven, yeah, right. but then he did an eight-hour stretch for me. Are you serious? Yeah, Ten-week-old baby doing eight hours. I hope that's okay. That Michelle is gave me amazing. A up. That is amazing. You've got like a perfect bumps. <laughs> you can go ahead and have another Someone four or five. Someone said it's by the book. I said, well, I read the book. There's a book called Baby Wise on, and um, oh. Save Our Sleep. There's another one. Mm. And I did read the book, but okay. I kind of feel like he worked himself into this routine. It's just, it's wonderful. Amazing. So, Mark is asking, how do you spell his name? Judah, J-U-D-A-H. And there's a whole reason why, oh, yeah. well, a backstory behind even Judah, isn't there? There is. Do you want to just share it? Margie, Margie probably hasn't heard it. Oh, well, Margie, so um, Judah means praise or thanksgiving. And because we've got so much to praise and thank God for, we thought we'd call him Judah. And also, we love the name because it's on one of the gates of the holy city. One, you know, I love mm-hmm, that name. And mm-hmm. he's part of Jesus' family tree. Mm-hmm. Judah's part of Jesus' family tree. And here's a wonderful story of God's grace in transforming the life of the biblical character Judah, too, mm-hmm. in the story of Joseph. So we like that. And we also liked it because it's got elements of Justin's name. That's his father, J-U. And then D is for my dad, D-A, David. And then his final initials, A-H, is also the initials of Justin's dad. So he's got his father and his two grandfathers all in one name. Wow. Can you believe it, I'm telling you, only someone who is on the Looking Up show could come up with something <laughs> so sophisticated, sophisticated in nine months. <laughs> incredible, incredible, unbelievable. Took us, took us a while. <laughs> and Justin's and Justin's adapting well to fatherhood as well. He is, He's he doing is. all the right things, being he very is. supportive. He is. Oh, fantastic! Does he get up in the middle of the night and? No, um, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> to change nappies. I didn't even get to the change nappies part. <laughs> I've been doing that, but uh, I've, it's amazing, you know. Yeah. The Lord made us so that we can get up and we can go back to sleep again, and it's, know, it's a good thing. It's amazing. So how is Justin's nappy changing? <laughs> He's pretty good. He's pretty good at it? Yeah. Wow, fantastic. He's pretty good. So have you guys got... But he kind of saves the worst ones for me for some reason, Judah. Oh. When Dad's not around, so... Is that the ones where it goes like right up the back? <laughs> like the we actually have only had one of those. So the that's ones good. that are sort of yellowy textured. Yes. Yellowy, yeah, that, that one. Yeah. I, I still, I still have memories that are ingrained. There you go. Yeah, I still got those memories. That are I can, ju- I can just picture Jane Millie and Genevieve with uh, all up their jumpsuit, you know, oh, and yeah. you can just see it, and um, oh, it's just like. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> all right. Now that we've, um, now that we've. Exhausted that. Um, so all is going well. Ten all weeks today. Well. Praise yes, the Lord. Praise how are you Lord. feeling? How are you feeling? You're looking amazing. Like well, for someone who's had Lord. a baby ten weeks ago, isn't that right, Shell? She looks amazing. Well, that's a miracle. <laughs> I don't feel amazing, but it's good. To, it's good to be here. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we actually had um, my his my mum and dad came and visited us today, so he's with his grandparents right oh, now. Oh, yeah. wow! Fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, that's great. There's nothing like brand new grandparents that are just like right. all over their first grandchild. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. All right. Well, a few other things uh, that we want to take a look at that are making news. Last week we talked about the New South Wales um, government uh, introducing that um, school disciplinary minister or something, right. was it? Yeah. Whatever it was. I can't exactly remember what the name was um, from, from last week. And... This week, I, I looked at, um, I, I, there, there was a news story regarding teachers. A survey had been done of teachers, I think this was in Australia, an Australia-wide survey, 
that suggested that while well, the survey results show that almost half of all teachers are looking to quit in the next 12 months. Really? Yeah, almost half. High school teachers? Yeah, I think so. I'd I imagine think, they'd I, I be think, the ones I think, I think so. <laughs> more it, inclined. It, it, this is what the article said, unimaginable workloads, oh. teacher shortages, and having to take on classes outside their expertise have half of all Australian teachers on the verge of quitting. Wow. Well, that's a crisis. Yeah. Some 47% of teachers that were surveyed are considering leaving the profession within the next year. Mm. Um, you know, to, to put that into context, uh, they were saying that, um, where was it? Um, at a different time, I think it was in 2020. In 2020, when they did a very similar you know, that they did the same kind of um, survey and asked the same question, there are only about 14% mm. that were looking at transitioning. So we've gone like from 14% to 47% in the space of a couple of years. And so, you know, this, this survey represented more than 4,000 teachers. Wow. Um, also found that 70% of the teachers reported having unimaginable workloads and 85% said they arrived at work earlier than required. So it's obviously very stressful. And, I mean, there are probably some teachers out there mm-hmm. who would, you know, who would testify to to the stresses and the heavy workloads that are imposed. I mean, you did teaching. I, I was going to be a teacher and I did my practical um, experience out in West Sydney. And <laughs> I just... We'll never forget I had a class. They put me in a boys' school and I had a class of year nine boys. Half the boys were in the classroom because they'd just come off suspension and the other half were not there because they were on suspension. Oh, what a class to have. And I was fresh out of high school and I was it put me off. I was a bit intimidated by that and I thought, I don't know if I can do this. Oh, wow, wow. Fancy putting you in in, in a situation like that. Fancy putting anyone in a situation like that. Yeah. So anyway, well... Um, yeah, so that was one thing. Then there was um, uh, a situation that happened just, I think, the last 24 hours or so where a uh, U.S. Uh, surveillance drone was apparently taken out or collided with a Russian I jet. I saw that. And the Russians are saying, you know, wow. we didn't do anything, nothing to do with us. The Americans are claiming that, yes, um, you bumped into us, you dumped your fuel on us, and so on and so forth. So these are, you know, things that are, that are, that are just stoking, mm. you know, stoking the tension between the Americans and the Russians. Um, Nations are angry. By this we do know Jesus is coming again. Amen, amen. That's a beautiful hymn. And, you know, the Bible says, Jesus said, you know, that nation will rise against nation, um, yeah. kingdom against kingdom. There'll be wars and rumors of wars. I mean, how many rumors of wars are we hearing? Talking about that, you know, just, just this week, mm-hmm. you know, the Australian government committed $368 billion over a period of 30 years to upgrade our military fleet, you know, submarines, nuclear submarines over mm. the next 30 years. They want to invest $368 billion. Do you know wow. how much that is? That's like $10 billion a, a year plus. Yeah. More than $10 billion a year plus. Imagine if we put that towards education, if we put that towards health, if we put that towards many other, you know, social uh, causes and needs that we oh, have yeah. here in this country. We, we just talked about how many kids are going hungry. 
Yeah. 1.3 million. Just look at what the world is right now and think about what it will be in another 30 years. Wow. Yeah. The so, Lord has to come yeah. soon. No, and, and the Chinese are obviously not very happy mm-hmm. about Australia, you know, going down this path because it's bringing, you know, uh, the US and the UK so much closer to their shores. And so, yeah, so there's a lot of tension. There is a lot of tension um, as well. Um, yeah, this is another sign of the times. The Queensland a government has introduced uh, births, deaths and marriages registration bill 2022 where they, if they pass this bill, um, anyone can change their sex. Um, so if you, this is on your birth certificate. Wow. You can change your sex on your birth certificate. I wonder if you can do it on your driver's license. Well, yeah, you absolutely, can? yes. Oh, well, if your birth certificate has been changed, that means... You know, your uh, everything's changed. Yeah. So in the past, I mean, up until now, you know, you've been able to, you know, change your gender. You know, mm-hmm. you can call yourself, you know, pretty much whatever you want as far as gender goes. But gender is what you perceive yourself to be. Different to Whereas, your biological sex. Yeah. So biological sex, the definition of biological sex is what your biology says you are. And it's kind of important to have that part right because in a medical emergency, that actually changes how they treat you. Oh, absolutely. I never even thought of that, but that's a really good well, point. I remember uh, we had an emergency medical doctor come visit our church a couple of years back, and, and he was saying how important it was to know the difference when it comes to treating people. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. So, And there's a lot of people that are obviously upset and angry around the world. I went to this uh, global protest tracker. Um, and global this, protest tracker. Yeah, global protest tracker. You can go online and you can find it. Mm-hmm. And it goes through all the different nations that where there's upheaval and um, currently according to global protest tracker there is in more than 132 countries that have experienced significant protests in the last 12 months 132 countries around the world we've only got like 192 or so according to the united nations really yeah so everybody's upset everyone well in in (laughs) france right now in Mm. france there's over a million people protesting Throughout the country. What are they protesting about? Well, the pension Sorry, age. The, the pension oh. age. They, the government wants to lift the pension age from 62 to 64. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's going to impact, you know, people's uh, work and whatever else. But people are, are really upset. They're, they're, they're really cranky. And, um, you know, so there's a lot of people that are upset at this point in time. So you kind of, you kind of ask yourself, you know, where is it all heading? And we know that it's all heading to the second coming of Jesus. Not to mention the bank. We, we can't, oh, we didn't uh, get to talk about that. Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah. You know, the 17th, I think the 17th largest bank in the U.S., you know, yes. collapsed. Yeah, my dad was telling me all about this. Yeah, and there's a couple of other banks before that that have collapsed. So, you know, the Bible talks about, and you've got central bank digital currencies that, mm-hmm. are, that are being that are being um, uh, investigated, or should I say experimented. Or maybe that, no, that's not the right word. They're, they're, look, they're, they're, they're they're working on them. Governments are working around the world. And so we can clearly see that the, when the Bible talks about a day when there'll be, you won't be able to buy and sell for the final conflict, we can clearly see the whole banking system, the whole digital system is all now being set up potentially for all this to come together. Wow. Well, signs of the times are everywhere. We are going to listen now to Sound Doctrine bringing the song called River of Truth. That sounds like a good thing. We need a river of truth, more truth. And then after that, we will continue our program.
us up there on the brink Reached and took in my first drink And I knew I would never be the same For my sickness I had found a cure And one thing I knew for sure It was as pure as the source from which it came From the river I drank for many years And I wondered how it journeyed here And earnestly set out to know its root I found that from the mouth of the river down Upon its banks and all around There was life along this river of truth From the prophets to the ready scribe The steady flow of truth grew wide Blessings from the river mounted high But in time its banks they would neglect Its pure precepts they'd reject Soon they found the river had run dry But what they like the prophets had proclaimed The source of the river came And lived his life among them from his youth The living truth they soon denied Nailed him to a cross and pierced his side But it opened wide a new river Flowing down from heaven's mountain Pure and free When you come to the river It is sure to deliver all you need Streaming down through the ages Springing up from the pages Fresh and new Cost to get it here, the trail of blood and the bitter tears. God, I thank you for this river of truth. From water sweet to a bitter cup, the enemy dammed the river up. For many years darkness filled the skies But a faithful few would chip away Hoping for a brighter day Hearing mournful echoes of the martyr's cry But with William Tyndale's dying breath Before he closed his eyes in death He prayed the Lord opened the King of England's eyes the day he prayed for soon would come When the king's commission work was done The dam bursting forth with eternal words of life Come and drink from the fountain Flowing down from heaven's mountain Pure and free When you come to the river It is sure to deliver all you Springing up from the pages Fresh and new After what it cost to 
get it here The trail of blood and the bitter tears God, I thank you for this river of What it cost to get it here The trail of blood and the bitter tears Let's be faithful to this river of that song actually i really enjoyed that i would love to listen to that driving through a country road <laughs> watching the green hills and the cows and just listening to that song river of truth we hope you enjoyed it and you're listening live to the looking up show and it's wednesday march 15th we are just about to begin our bible study i think pastor danny has one more thing to add and before he does a reminder you can interact with us on this broadcast zero four triple eight seventeen sixty two four is the number to text with any questions or comments you might have for us and uh we do have a prize giveaway we're going to tell you about it a little bit later so keep the number with you so that when we give out the code word you can be ready to join in the running for that prize giveaway zero four triple eight seventeen sixty Pastor Danny, what else did you want to share with us? All right, well, I thought I needed to share a a brief word on um, the big extravaganza that Hollywood put on um, over the last week, I guess. Um, What's it called again? The Oscars? uh, The Oscars. The Oscars. (laughs) Uh, Shell shared with us that Mm. one of the the ladies there at the Oscars, she didn't wear anything other than a feather Mm. for the top half of her what would you call it? Her, her attire? Her attire. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so hopefully it was a big enough feather. Oh, I hope the wind um, didn't blow. Yes. Um, yes, <laughs> hopefully. But um, I wasn't going to refer to that. That's what Shell should. But it's interesting. There was a, a movie that, that won seven Oscars. Mm. And it was called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And this movie, once again very much um, focused on the supernatural, the spiritual, and, you know, it's a sci-fi movie, but it incorporates the supernatural and the spiritual. And once again, Sharissa, it's the supernatural that's coming through front mm. and centre. It won seven Oscars, which is, which is quite phenomenal. Um, you know, the, 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 the largest number of Oscars have been won by Ben-Hur, 11, mm. Titanic, 11, and Lord of the Rings, 11. You know, one I think it was part two, but it's interesting that you know Titanic and Lord of the Rings um, have you know spiritualism woven through the movie, especially Lord of the Rings, and so we see more of this spiritualism being woven through the. When you say spiritualism, just for the sake of okay. our listeners, what what is that? Spiritualism is um, the you know the the belief that there is life after death. Okay. That there is something out there that is that is beyond our our physical world. But the that dead we can don't tap really into. die. That's right. And so, you know, we're looking at, you know, communicating with, with, with our dead loved ones, we're looking gotcha. at spirits, ghosts, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that entire world, which is very popular today, you know, magic, sorcery, 
Um, you know, everything, everything that's really popular now in Hollywood, you know, that, that's been dished out to our children, you know, through the Harry Potter books and, um, and so on and so forth. Not to mention Avatar. You know, we mentioned Avatar, I think, last week, if I remember. Maybe we didn't. But Avatar, the, the second movie that's come out, it's just it's, it's huge. Like, it's the third highest, um, you know, movie that's grossed and nearly, nearly at $3 billion or so, if I remember correctly, where it was. Yeah, um, yeah, two point five billion, hmm. and and Avatar, you know, once again, you know, tapping into this uh, spiritualistic phenomena that is just so popular and so prevalent, and as well as the ideological, you know, themes of the environment and so forth. So you got you got these environmental agendas, you've got these other woke agendas that are now permeating, you know, the the movie industry. So it's kind of just preparing the world because Revelation talks about, you know, three unclean spirits mm-hmm. that come out of these three frogs that go out to deceive the entire world. Wow. And in Revelation eighteen twenty three, it says, you know, the entire world was deceived by her sorcery, you know, mm. by Babylon's sorcery. And when you take a look at that word sorcery, it's talking about, you know, magic and the supernatural and and Everything, everything that is now front and center and super popular in Hollywood. So we're being set up, is what I'm trying to share. Wow. So that was just another indication, you know, of, of where things are going. So the enemy is very, very clever, very cunning. Very. Not only is that, you know, something that we need to be aware of at the end of time, that, you know, spiritualism will be very much all around us, but we watch it and like when you watch it, it conditions you to not think exactly. it's a serious thing. So the devil's smart. And he gets into, you know, social media and, and media, and I mean, Hollywood. And that's the original lie mm-hmm. that he said to Eve. True, you will, you will not surely die, that you cannot die. You'll be like God. And so this, you know, so this idea of, of you know, life after death and, and living eternally and spirits and, you know, this the, these out-of-body experiences. Then that you don't trust God's word, you take... Exactly. You Another go with word. your feelings and yeah. you go with what you see, what you smell. You go with your senses wow. rather than with the Word of God. And so that, that dovetails really well into our Bible study that we're going, to, that we're going to um, kick off right now. But do you have – you've got the I've book. Got the, oh, well, yeah, yeah. So just before you do that, because you talked about how there are protests all over the world, you know, yep. how many countries? 130? About 130 something, yeah. 130 countries protesting. Well, guess what Shell's found? What has she found? She's found a book called The Longest Protest. It's a pocket book. (laughs) Should I take part? This sounds so interesting. It's by Dwight Hall. Protest. I'll just read you a little blurb. It's a familiar word in today's political climate that evokes unrest. Nearly every week we see people marching, waving signs, shouting slogans about some hot issue, immigration, police shootings, abortion, gun control, etc. Um, but some groups have been protesting for a few months, some for years. But do you know what the longest protest in history is? Mm-hmm. It began more than 500 years ago and continues mm-hmm. to our time. Oh, wouldn't you like oh, to read that? Oh, the longest protest in human history. That, I can see your sermon you're writing. You're more writing a sermon of, here. I and, love that and, title. And, yeah, me too. Oh, I love that <laughs> protest. Title. Actually, that's a great title for a series. Um, <laughs> so guess what? There are unlimited supplies of this pocketbook today, listeners, which means everyone can be a winner. Well, well, well. Wow. So my hat. It's like Christmas. It is. It is. Christmas has come early. While supplies last. While supplies last. Yeah, Dad. (laughs) While supplies last. Okay, so when the supply runs out, that's the end of the protest book. um, And then you can protest that you did not get your book. Yeah. 
So we'll give the code word a little bit later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the plug for it. Zero four triple eight seventeen sixty two four. Keep the number by you. Now we're ready for the. All right, start. we are ready to roll. Okay. So as I pointed out in our introduction, um, this is uh, I guess a new series that we're going to look at. And we're going to be tying in a whole bunch of things from everywhere. So this is going to be, you know, a real convergence of all the signs that connect with the coming of Jesus. So we're going to be going to the Gospels. We're going to be going to Revelation, Daniel. We're going to be going everywhere throughout the Bible as we take a look at these 12, what I call 12 major signs that are telling us that Jesus' coming is even at the door. All right. So So we're all going to be convinced by the end of this. I'm telling you, this, this is like phenomenal stuff. This is huge. Huge, right. huge, huge. But why don't we start off with prayer? So if you want to begin with prayer, Sharissa, and then we'll dive right in. Our loving Father in heaven, what a privilege it is to be able to study your word. And as we do, we ask for the Holy Spirit to guide us here in studio, but to be with our listeners also as we study together what you have to share with us for today. Help us to understand, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Let's go to our first scripture. We're going to be looking at a number of scriptures and we're going to be looking at um, some some other things in, in connection with that. But let's go to Matthew 16. And if you want to read Matthew 16, um, verses 1 to 4. Sure. The Bible says, Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came, and testing him, asked that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah, and he left them and departed. Okay, so this is an interesting passage. It Here is. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They're, they're the religious leaders. And they are seeking a sign. Mm. Now, what kind of sign were they seeking in order to establish what? Well, that's true. They were seeking a sign from heaven, it says. so. Um, Did they believe that Jesus was the Messiah? No. No, they didn't. So they are telling Jesus, you show us a sign from heaven and we will then believe you that you are indeed the Messiah. You claim to be the Messiah. Prove it. Yep. And Jesus says, I have given you. So much proof. So much proof. I have fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament. In fact, in his very first sermon yep. after his baptism there in Luke chapter 4, you know, he reads from the book of Isaiah. And he says, you know, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Mm-hmm. And he reads this messianic prophecy and he says, these words are fulfilled in your hearing. I am it. And Jesus, did he perform signs and miracles? Yes, he did. The blind could see. Absolutely. No one had healed blind, given, restored blind no. uh, sight to the blind Those who before. were born blind. Yeah, to people born blind. So that was the a deaf. huge sign. The deaf, the lame, the, the lame. dead. The dead were raised. Mm-hmm. And yet that wasn't good enough. And so Jesus says, you can discern, um, you know, the signs in the sky, you know, the weather signs. You can discern the weather signs, but I have given you all these signs and you still are not convinced. You still are asking for more signs. Hmm. And so the reason why I share this at the very beginning is that Jesus has given us clear signs in his word. And as we put the pieces together, we don't need to go outside of scripture 
to discern the signs of the times or the times that we are living in. Otherwise, if we ask God for more evidence outside of what we have in Scripture, guess what Jesus would say to us? Hypocrite. Mm. You're a hypocrite. You you are given the evidence, but you don't want to take on board the evidence that you have. I'm not going to give you any more evidence. There is so much evidence in Scripture. Yeah. And so when it when it comes to the evidence um, that that Jesus is indeed coming soon, we've got a number of significant signs that Jesus gave us. So we're going to take a look at signs of the times today. Right, Jesus talked right. about signs of the times. And so I'm just going to read out these 12, and we're going to, over the coming weeks, we're going to unpack them one by one. We're not going to rush through them, um, but we're going to unpack them one by one. So we're going to take a look at, firstly, the abandonment of truth. I've put that first because that is critical, because when truth goes out the window, then... You're asking for external signs, but God's word is truth. So we're going to look at that to begin with. Then we're going to take a look at the downward spiral of morality, which follows when truth goes out the window. True. We're going to be looking at an increase in political tension and instability. We're going to be looking at growing divisions and polarization in society. We're going to be taking a look at another sign, economic uncertainty and inequality. We're going to be taking a look at the challenge of technology, surveillance and security. So all of this is mentioned. Like this is all in Scripture. Really? This is all in Scripture. Well, that's amazing, isn't it? Environmental degradation. Mm-hmm. That's in Scripture. More frequent and devastating natural disasters. That's in Scripture. Religious and spiritual confusion. We're going to be taking a look at the growth in satanic spiritualism, which we talked about earlier. We're going to be looking at the growing fear and anxiety of what is to come that people have today, the uncertainty. And finally, we're going to be taking a look at the growing call for world peace and safety. Wow. You know what you just proved? That the Bible is the most relevant book on the planet. (laughs) It's the ancient text that speaks to today. That's amazing. That is all straight out of today. Straight out of the Bible. And we're going to be looking at what the Bible has to say about all these things that tell us that Jesus is coming soon. And so we're going to be taking a look at some incredible incredible things as we put these pieces together. Because a lot of people, Sharissa, are asking... This doesn't make sense. What is going on? You know, where is it all leading to? How can I have hope? Is there any confidence? Is there where can I find peace? Yeah. A lot of people are uncertain, you know, things are cost of living's going up. You know, we're 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 investing more and more in weapons and um and our army and there's just more upheaval, more protests, more of everything. The the whole the whole, you know, moral climate You know, people are thinking, where is this going to end? Mm -hmm. And so all these questions will be answered. Wow. Well, we're going to listen to a song from Out of the Dust and Tony Tillman. It's called Truth. I think it will speak to what we've been talking about. Deceptive schemes seem so pristine We clean from news feeds and magazines Just light a match and pour the gasoline mm, If we don't identify the sly poison lies Disguised by vile devices yeah. The truth is truth no matter what it is You can't save my 
start pushing back Well, now you tell me Are we truly free to speak and say things that we believe? Will we surrender to the enemy? Yeah, with a gun to my head When I say what he said When I sway from a threat or die for it The truth is truth no matter what it is You can't say mine is mine and his is his Now some get offended when they're threatened by the truth And that's why they do those things they do Oh, there's no time for blurring the lines You can have your own opinion, but you cannot have your own truth no you can't the bible says that jesus is the way the truth and the life mm, okay. so uh, you're listening to the looking up program and some exciting news we had we told everyone about this um giveaway for today it's called the longest protest should i take part do you think we should tell them the code mm, word now before yes, we indeed. go further yes indeed so the code word and i'm just checking that i'm going to give the right code word is truth 2023. Correct. So text the word truth, T R U T H 2023. Text that to 04 0488-176624. 04 0488-176624. The code word for today is truth2023. No space between truth2023. Text it to that number and this book, this little pocket book on the longest protest will come to you it's while stocks last. So that's mm. pretty exciting. So go for it, folks. Get those fingers moving and get this book. You want to grab this book for sure. All right. Well, we're looking at um, how Bible prophecy is literally being fulfilled before our very eyes. Our, 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 we're looking at you know this world on the brink. And, um, and it's, not just, it's not just that I think that, Sharissa, yeah. But if we go back to our friends from the Doomsday Clock, you remember the Doomsday Clock where we brought that up on a number of occasions here. You know this, um, you know, Doomsday Clock. This metaphor that is based on where we are in the stream of time, according to the scientists. You know, there are like 10, 10 Nobel laureates that are part of, you know, that are part of the Bulletin of Science. 
and security board that that move the hand of the doomsday clock either closer to midnight or further away. And midnight meaning? Midnight meaning the end of all things. Wow. The end of all things. And so this year, the doomsday clock, it started in 1947, straight after World War II. These guys, including Albert Einstein, mm-hmm. who was part of this group to begin with, um, they were part of the Manhattan Project that put together the atomic bomb oh, wow. that destroyed Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Mm-hmm. So they were right there and they saw what happened with the atomic bomb and they were like, if we continue on this trajectory, building building more and more powerful weapons to, to destroy life and to destroy you know, the planet ultimately, if we continue... We're going to destroy ourselves. And so they put together this um, doomsday clock, as it's become known, and it, we're either closer to midnight or further away, depending on what's been on what's happening. And so the clock's been going up and down since 1947. Mm-hmm. The furthest was at 17 minutes to midnight. That was at the end of the Cold War mm-hmm. in 1991. But since 1991, it's only been heading in one direction. And several years ago, we got to two minutes to midnight. Two minutes wow. to midnight, which was the closest it had been since you know, 1953 when the US and the Russians dropped a hydrogen bomb or they tested a hydrogen bomb, this huge bomb. And so ever since then, you know, it's been going up and down, but it hasn't been two minutes to midnight. And then it got to two minutes to midnight. And then only three years ago, we went below two minutes to midnight. We went really? to like really? we went to a hundred so- seconds to midnight. Wow, a hundred seconds to midnight, and um, this was twenty twenty. Every year in January, the clock is updated. Mm-hmm. In twenty twenty, it was the headline was closer than ever. It is one hundred seconds to midnight. In twenty twenty one, the headline was this is your COVID wake up call. It mm-hmm. is one hundred seconds to midnight. And then in 2022, it was at Doom's doorstep. Mm. It's 100 seconds to midnight. Still remained 100 seconds to midnight at Doom's doorstep. So it doesn't get much closer than that? It does. It does. It's gone closer still. This year, the headline was Doomsday Clock Moves to 90 Seconds to Midnight amid nuclear war and climate warnings. Mm. So they're they're looking at they're looking at these converging these converging issues that our world faces with climate, nuclear, then disruptive technologies mm-hmm. and biosecurity. And they're saying when you put all these things together, we're not doing very well. There's two ways of looking at the midnight the midnight mm. can be the end of the world, or the midnight can be at the midnight cry, we're going home, Jesus will come. Do you want to read for us Matthew 25, verse 6? I would love to read Jesus for us actually had Jesus six. had a clock, and his clock would also strike midnight, but it's not the oh, end of the world as we beautiful. know it. Can you read that for our listeners, please? And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Wow, so what's that in connection with? Jesus is coming. So Jesus comes at midnight. Mm-hmm. Now, midnight um, is, is, is a metaphor that Jesus used here in order, to, in order to describe the darkest time in human history. So Jesus is coming when, it's, when, when the lights are out, you know, when we have no hope, where there is no human hope for you know, 
to get out of this mess that we're moving into more and more. And so Jesus says, I'm coming when there's no hope to bring in the second coming, which is called the blessed hope. Praise the Lord. So it's all about good news. Yes. So the closer the closer the doomsday clock gets to midnight, guess what, Sharissa? The, the closer, closer we are to the coming of Jesus. That's it. I reckon they've got no idea. How exciting they're. <laughs> they've got no idea that they're using the language of Jesus. They're using mm-hmm. the metaphor that Jesus used 2,000 years ago to speak of his second coming. They're using that same metaphor, but they're using it for the end of the world. Mm-hmm. They're using it that... Humans are going to destroy this planet. They're using it for a hopeless end. Yeah, exactly. A hopeless end. And, you know, people are afraid, they're scared, and they're petrified and so on and so forth. Whereas Jesus says, no, 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 no. When that doomsday clock gets close to midnight, look up because your redemption is drawing near. Mm. How amazing. Amen. How amazing. All right. So let's take so a, So let's take a look at this world on the brink. We're going to take a look at the abandonment of truth. Now, we live in this post-truth world. Have you heard the word post-truth? Yes. Yeah. It's, um, it became 2016 Oxford Dictionary's Word of the Year. Okay. Yeah, do you want to share with you? I'll share with you what the word means. Mm-hmm. It's an adjective defined as relating to or denoting circumstances in which objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion and personal belief. Do we live in that world? We do. So the facts and the truth are not as important as your emotions and your personal beliefs. We had a great example of that in, in Shell's story. You we know, did. With those kids in America. We did. So, so why did that boy get suspended for three days? Because he was mocking her truth. The girl's truth, where she thought she was a so. So when truth becomes relative, what hope do we have? Anything goes. To know what's right and what's wrong. Exactly. There isn't any right and wrong, is there? No, that's right. And so, if that's the definition of truth, and so we wonder why politicians and others can't define what a woman is or what a man is Mm -hmm. Um, when there's no. You know, truth, there is no, you know, truth that is outside of our feelings, outside of our emotions, then anything goes. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like, you know, Nike. If it feels good, do it. You know, just whatever floats your boat. Yeah. And it's interesting that um, back in 1966, I subscribed to Time Magazine, as you know, as I think most of our listeners know, uh, I wasn't subscribing back in 1966 because I wasn't born then. <laughs> but um, there in the archives, I came across this front cover of Time magazine back in 1966, April late 1966, and the title was Is God Dead? Is God Dead? Then 50 years later... Just over 51 years later, to be exact, April 3, 2017, the Time magazine front cover, identical lettering, identical everything. I'm going to show you so you can confirm for our listeners. Yeah. Oh, wow. You read it for us. So in 1966, Time magazine says, is God dead? And then in 2017, April 3, it says, is truth dead? Exactly the same font. Everything's the same. Did you work that out? 
Did I, you find that? I found it. I could not believe it. That's very good. I'm, I, I think that's a really good find. That's huge. If you could only see this, folk, you I would be blown it. out of the water. And I'm impressed he found it. Look at that. Shell's looking. Shell's looking. In the, in the, in, in the hearing true. of two or three witnesses. <laughs> two witnesses. There we go. That is phenomenal. Good find. So, well done. So, so, so what's the message? Back in the 1960s, we don't need God. Mm-hmm. What do we need God for? You know, you know, we've got technology. You know, we're we're, we're we're modern. We're modern people now. We don't need God. The Bible is irrelevant. Come on, you know, we've got science. Is God dead? What was happening in the 1960s? It was a sexual revolution that was in full swing. So when you've got a sexual revolution, what do you have to do in order to appease your conscience? What do you have to do? You got to throw God out the window, isn't that right? Mm-hmm. Because God's word kind of doesn't give too much wiggle room to your conscience. Yeah, to 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 what is you know to what is healthy and what isn't healthy when mm-hmm. it comes to you know how God created us and and what God created when it comes to you know sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, so throw God out the window. Fifty years later, is God dead? Is truth dead? And so you know equating you know and God is truth. And so if there's no God. There's no truth. And so let's get to some scriptures. <laughs> this is really fascinating. Now, Jesus said to Pilate that he was yes. truth. If you want to read this for us, and it's interesting what Pilate asks. Mm-hmm. John 18, verse 37 and 38. If you'd like to read John 18, verse 37 and 38. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Verse 38, Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. I I find that amazing, that that verse, verse 38, because he asked him, What is truth? And he had the truth standing right in front of him, and he never stayed to have the answer. He just walked away. But it's interesting that Pilate says, I find no fault in him. Mm-hmm. He found no fault in Jesus. Yet That's the truth. That, is, that was the truth. Mm-hmm. That was the truth. He found no fault in him. Yet he convicted Jesus to death on the cross. Mm-hmm. Now, how does that work? Why did he do that for? Was it um, peer pressure? Mm. compromising is the truth today popular our day is the truth today succumbing to peer pressure absolutely which is popular absolutely absolutely you can get cancelled for sharing the truth today Mm. and i've kind of experienced that have you i won't go into that i won't go into that well everybody's getting cancelled and it's interesting i won't say where and when but I was actually preaching on Jesus is the truth and sharing truths, and that brought about my cancellation in a Christian environment. That's all I will say. I won't say any more. I won't say any more. In a Christian environment. Wow. Well, in Christians, cancel truth. That's even more concerning. It is. It is. But this is where we are. This is where we are. Well, look, you know, the Anglican Church, the Anglican Church, we talked about it, you know, there's a big split in the Anglican Church right now as we speak because um, they voted, not unanimously, of course, but they voted to bless same-sex couples in church. So not not to marry, you know, the, the, you know, not, not, not to allow priests to marry same-sex couples, but to bless them after they have got married. And there's a big uproar. There's a big split. And they're saying, there are many that are saying, how can we do that? 
the Bible is very clear. That biblical marriage that God ordained at the beginning of time that Jesus affirmed is between one man and one woman Mm -hmm. to the exclusion of all others. That's right. It's very simple, really. The Bible is a great simplifier of life. (laughs) The gospel is, rather. It is. It just makes it so simple. We complicate it. And if I could just share this before we before we go to our break, um, in John fourteen six, Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." Yes. In John seventeen seventeen, Jesus said, "Sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is truth." So Jesus yes. is the truth; His word is truth. And in Psalm one nineteen one forty two, it says, "Thy law is truth." God's mm. law, God's commandments are truth. Good. And we have thrown God's law out. We know. have. Many and we're places. going to be taking a look at what the consequences are. Well, Michael McLean's got a message for us in song. It's called The Message That Can Change the World Hasn't Changed. Don't you love that? Enjoy. We'll have the news and then we will continue. Why are these stories still around? Why didn't they just... Is there some truth that might be found by listening to them today? Just give them a moment and let them speak, not of the distant long ago. We now seek are there, but we didn't know. And stories so simple, yet deeper than oceans, as high as the heavens, precious and plain. And plain 
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Ah, pancakes, waffles, orange juice, Vegemite on toast. I don't smell any of that. Please do the intro. Tune in every weekday morning right here on Faith FM for the new Breakfast Combo with Blake and Lawson. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Uh, reminded to all of our listeners, there is a wonderful free offer that's up for as long as supplies last. It's a pocketbook entitled The Longest Protest, Should I Take Part? It's written by Dwight Hall. And uh, yeah, you will want to get it. I'm really curious about it. It's called The Longest Protest, Should I Take Part? The code word, which we released in the previous segment, was TRUTH2023. And I believe it's lowercase. Lowercase TRUTH2023. No space between them. T-R-U-T-H-2023. Text that to this number, 04888-17624. And you should be able to be in the running for this wonderful pocketbook. Indeed, indeed. All right, so back to our, our study. Um, we've only unpacked the first. <laughs> well, now you've got to get through 11 <laughs> signs now. <laughs> There's 11 signs. Um, so, um, yeah, this and this is foundational, Sharissa, because if the Word of God is not foundational, then everything else is a house of cards or we're building on the sand. Mm. The Word of God has to be the mm. foundation for everything we believe. And indeed, you know, the Word of God um, was foundational for Adam and Eve until they chose to move away from God's Word, where the enemy came along and he said, my fact-checkers have been out there and they have discovered that, no, you will not surely die if you eat from this tree. So it's interesting that, um, you know, we have that right at the very beginning of time. And, and maybe we can go to that passage um, in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. If you want to read Genesis, actually, before we read Genesis 3 verse 1, let's take a look at what God said to Eve and Adam when it came to that tree. So in Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, if you could read that, please. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but... Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. It's interesting. The tree is called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm. Isn't that? Yeah. So as far as God is concerned, there is good Mm -hmm. and then there is evil. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he says, don't eat from this tree. And then the serpent comes along in chapter 3 and verse 1, and you want to read what he has to say. Yes, the Bible says. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Okay, is it really true? 
Okay, and then and he cast doubt on God's word. He did, he did. You want to keep reading? Verse two. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but verse three, of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Mm-hmm. Sounds a little bit different to what God said. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, lest you die. Did God say lest you die? You will die. Surely you will. I've never noticed that before until you just pointed that out. You will surely die. You will surely die, yeah. Not not might, not maybe. You will. You will. And if you want to read verse four and five. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Oh wow, so you can decide what is good and what is evil. You don't need God. To decide what is good and what is evil, you can decide that yourself. Ah, oh, good point. And here we have the very first lie, the abandonment of truth. It began there in the Garden of Eden. And that's spiritualism too. That is spiritualism, absolutely. And it describes the serpent as more cunning, cunning. If someone is cunning, you want to stay away from them. Yeah. You do not want to have anything to do with someone who is described as cunning. This is is so important because this tells us who we are up against. So post-truth was not back in 2016 when it made headlines as Oxford's Word of the Year. Post-truth was back 6,000 years ago in the Garden of Eden. The first one to coin post-truth was the devil and Satan, that serpent of old. Mm. He was the first one. And then have a look at verse 6. Check this out. You can't make this stuff up, Sharissa. And we'll compare this to the definition of post-truth. Verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Okay, so what is Eve basing her decision on? Truth or her feelings? Fruit feelings. Yeah, what she did what? She she saw, it was pleasant, she desired, and then she took. Mm. Let me once again remind us of the meaning of post-truth. The meaning of the word post-truth, and anyone can look it up in the dictionary, relates to or denotes circumstances in which objective facts, what God said to Adam and Eve, are less influential in shaping public opinion or your decision than appeals to your emotions and personal beliefs. Mm. Wow, I'm telling you, this is this is incredible, isn't it? That is amazing. Right at the very beginning, we got into this mess because Adam and Eve believed the post-truth lies and deceptions of the serpent. And it's interesting, if you go to 1 John, go to 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. This is really, really fascinating. First John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. If you want to read that for us, please. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of that is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Wow. So what do we have here? We have another contrast. Another contrast between going with the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, the feelings. Mm. God is saying, don't go with your feelings. 
This is worldly. This will fail you every single time. So, you know, because we've all got feelings. God made feelings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how do we keep our feelings in check? We measure our feelings by the Word of God. Mm. Nothing wrong with feelings. Like you said, we all have feelings, you know. God created us That's with right. feelings. Emotions. But we don't make decisions based on our feelings. We make decisions based on the Word of God. Mm. Because it says here in the text... And the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Yeah. Now, how can I know what God's will is? Got to read his word. John, See what he has to say. John 8, 31 and 32 has the answer. Could you please read for us John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32? And we've been in the book of John a lot, haven't we? We have. To discover the truth. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Okay, so where do we find freedom? In Christ. In Christ, in, in his, his word. word. I love the book, The Great Controversy, and in the mm. introduction, there's this one line, I memorized it. It says that the Bible is to be the test of every experience. Mm. So we should, like, when we see things, you know, sometimes we're tempted to seeing is believing. Indeed. You know, but we should pass every experience through the filter of God's Word. Absolutely. Otherwise, we'll be deceived. The way Eve was deceived at the very beginning of time will be no different to how we will be deceived if we fail to heed the clear and direct word of God. Mm. And so today, in this post-truth, post-modern world, they're, they're, you know, you're, you're an outlier if you say that there is truth. There is objective truth. You're an outlier. And so today, to stand for the truth, as I pointed out even earlier, even in Christian circles, you can be the odd one out. Even in Christian circles, because as we know, Christianity, sadly, especially in the last decade or two, has sadly followed in the footsteps of this world that bases truth on feelings and emotions and personal preferences. Yeah, well, Jesus even says, many will say in my name, you know, have we not done this, this and this? And he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. Mm. So people claiming to be you who yeah you who commit lawlessness and we're going to look at that next week when yes, we take so a look at when we so take a look at the downward about. spiral but have a look at Matthew twenty four this is we're going to the signs of Jesus coming Jesus in Matthew twenty four tells us about the signs of his coming and notice the very first thing that he warns against Matthew twenty four and if you want to read verse four and verse five even before oh, he gets yes. to the wars and the rumors of wars and he gets to the, you know the famines and the yeah. earthquakes all that stuff. Before all that, Jesus says at the very forefront of what we ought to be aware of. Verse 4 and 5. Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Mm -hmm. So what does Jesus say to watch out for? Deception. Deception. Which And deception, in order to be a good one, has to mix truth with error. Exactly. Exactly. And usually a lot of truth and just a little bit of error is still deception. That's all you need, a little bit of poison. Yeah. A little bit of poison will do the job. You don't need a lot, just a little, just a drop, mm. just a drop. And it's interesting, Jesus says, you know, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, truth, and the life. Not a truth. Not a truth, but the the truth. truth, The truth. So if you replace Jesus, if you don't need Jesus leading and guiding your life, then you have 
your own Christ. You become mm, wow. Christ or you have someone else or whatever the case may be becomes Christ for you. So we think of Christ like a David Koresh, you know, um, Jim Jones, you know, for those that remember way back. Um, you know, we think of these individuals claiming to be Jesus, walking around and so on and so forth. That really is not the essence of what Jesus is saying. Yes, they are false Christs, but who's going to go for them? But Jesus says, hey, watch out that you don't put yourself in the place of Christ where you make a decision. That's the spirit of Antichrist. Exactly. That's Antichrist. You in the place of Christ. That's what anti means, to be in the place of Christ. And who is the ultimate one who put himself in the place of Christ, who wanted to be like Christ? Lucifer. I will be like the Most High. That's what this whole mess began over. And what did he tempt Eve with? You will be like who? God. You will be your own Christ. Wow. What is the new age all about? Tell us. The new age movement is about God within you. Mm. You are God. You make the decisions. You know what's best for you. You know, you live your life according to what you think is best. Wow. This 6,000-year-old lie has permeated all the way down through history to our very day and now. It is flourishing in in a world where there are no more absolutes and where your truth is your truth and it's just as precious and important and and real as my truth because you have basically God within you. Wow. You have become another God. And God says, I am the Lord, there is no other. Exactly. I am God, there is no other. Exactly. So... You, you know, shall have no other gods before me. Exactly. <laughs> There's only the, the, one God. The first commandment. So so this is where we are, Sharissa. And so mm. it's interesting because, you know, in, in Matthew 24 and, um, and verse 12, there Jesus says many false prophets will rise up and deceive many again. You know, and what's a prophet? Someone who claims to speak on behalf of God. Yeah. And if you're not taking God's word from him, guess what? You're coming up with your own. So how many false prophets are there today? They're everywhere. Yeah. And we can become a false prophet Yeah, if we decide to oh, take on. I've taken it to another level. You, you and then we got, did. then we got. if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ or there, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the very elect. Guess what we have? Signs and wonders, miracles. Believing your senses rather than the clear word of God. Wow, I'm telling you, this incorporates everything. If we could drop a mic, we would. (laughs) (laughs) This is phenomenal. So this brings us to to the end of our study today. What a study, folks. You're going to need to go back and re-listen to this one. There's so many gems that we just had to go through so quickly. She Reads Truth is going to bring to us a beautiful song, Great Is Thy Faithfulness, featuring Sandra McLaren. Enjoy.
that's got to be one of my most favorite hymns of all time. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. Well, as we wrap up the Looking Up program today, Pastor Danny, what would you like to share with our listeners as we close? It's been a phenomenal Bible study. Really it has been. It. it has been. It really has been. And um, it went beyond what I was expecting um, as a you know, as the Lord pulled it together, as God I was, is amazing. as I was, you know, putting it together this morning, you know, before the program, the Lord was bringing all these insights that I hadn't seen before, mm. and so praise the Lord for that. But what I'd like to share with our listeners, um, you know, as a closing thought, is Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only truth, and Jesus is the only life. When Jesus said in John fourteen verse six, you know, I am the way, the truth and the life, the abundant life, everlasting life, it's only through Christ. And if ever there was a time, Sharissa, my dear listeners, that we needed Jesus to be front and center in our lives, it is now. We are being swamped like a tsunami by the enemy who's trying to deceive us Mm -hmm. and discourage us and dissuade us from following Jesus. So if ever there was a time when we needed to be in Christ, we needed to be in his word that reveals Christ in all his beauty, in all in all his glory, in all his truth, and with all of his promises. And to be looking up, it's right now. So I want to encourage our listeners to 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 make time to spend with Jesus. Make time to spend with Jesus every morning, every evening, during the day. Spend time with Jesus. Spend time in his word. His word is truth. You know, and and then you will remain on that right path, that narrow path that leads to the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that as a final thought. I think that's a really good place for us to land. And, uh, yeah, if Jesus is the way, then there's just no other way. He is the way, the truth and the life. And for our listeners, you know, maybe you're listening and you're thinking, I really need to, I need to know the truth. I need to know Jesus. I, I don't know him like I, I want to. And you may want Bible studies. Mm, amen. Reach out to Faith FM. You can text us here in studio. We can connect you with a local mm. Faith FM representative who can help you, give Absolutely. you, provide you materials that you can Absolutely. study, get into God's word. It's the best book as we've seen today, the most relevant book mm. for today. And uh, it's God's word. Pastor Danny, would you like to close in prayer for us? Sure, I'd love to. Father in heaven, We want to thank you and praise you for your word. Father, you have told us in your word that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And we know what a lamp is used for and what a light is used for. It is used to lighten up the darkness. And so, Lord, we know that there is no other way that we can can navigate through this dark world that we are in other than through your word. And so I pray, Father, that each and every person listening to my voice and Sharissa's voice this afternoon um, will make a decision to place your word, dear Lord, front and center in their lives, that they may be able to navigate through the darkness of this world as we head to that bright city, the new Jerusalem, which you have prepared for all those who love you. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We ask and pray that you will bless each person um, who has tuned in, this afternoon or those that will be tuning in at a later time via our podcast, we pray that you will bless each one and their families. Draw us all closer to Jesus and may we continue to keep looking up because our redemption is drawing near. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us for today's study here on the Looking Up program. Next week, where are we going? Next week, we are taking a look at 
the 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 fallout of what happens when truth is abandoned. We're going to take a look at the downward spiral of morality. All right, another very relevant subject. And so you do not want to miss it. Stay with us, same time, same place. This time next week, we look forward to having your company once again. And stay on this radio channel because Indeed. there's another uh, live program, the Drive, Drive time, time Show. It's coming up. So as we go, fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always looks up. So keep looking up wherever you go. May God bless you. We'll have you and your company next week. Keep looking up, don't don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up should the tears begin to start. With a prayer, all your cares He will cast into the depths of the sea. His love is always there for me. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know that it's the Spirit of the Lord. There are sweet expressions on each face. And I know they feel the presence of the Lord. Sweet.